Well, hey, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever and wherever you are listening to this episode of the Trail Life Podcast. Thank you for joining me on another journey across the podcast airways. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Stoner. I've got an amazing conversation today. I am talking with the current, that's right, the current and two-time world champion of mountain trail running, Grayson Murphy. We're going to break down like her trail running career, her running career actually, um, across the board to add on top of the world champions title she holds. She also is a four-time national champion and a five-time All-American, all in the running category. So anything and everything running we are talking about today, we are breaking it down. So excited that I got a chance to finally meet Grayson and talk about her story. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation just about as much as I did. Please enjoy and and welcome to the trail life, Grayson Murphy. Well, help me turn the turning. Well, help me get it right. I don't want to hurt nobody. Well, I don't want to fight. Well, offer me the peace of mind. I saw on your, on your website and your schedule, the, um, broken arrow sky. Well, wait a second. Let me back up. First of all, congratulations. Let's start. Let's, let's start there. <laughs> congratulations. Um, just over a month ago, <laughs> 2023 world mountain running trail champion. So how mm-hmm. cool is that? Two, two time, right? 2019 mm-hmm. was your first time. Yep. So- so <laughs> you get back and I saw on your schedule, the broken arrow sky race. Did you end up com- completing in that or no? No, I was just like wishful thinking. I think <laughs> I would be recovered in time. And then I got to Tahoe and I was like, yeah, I'm not recovered yet. Like I'm still pretty tired. Oh, you, you actually made it to the, to the event site. And I did. I, I kept like, thinking like maybe it will like a miracle will happen and I'll feel magically better. But as it turns out, if you race twice and then international travel, travel and then eight hour car ride, you don't feel very good. Um, really? I, yeah. That shocks me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, next time. Yeah. <laughs> next time. Maybe I'll um, so you, <laughs> the trail champions this year were in Austria, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So first time ever running down there? In Austria, yeah, I've run like Italy, Switzerland, France, it's like all around and Germany, but never Austria. So finally got to Austria. What's the, so I, I've never, I've never been to that specific part of the world. And for, so for, for myself and for anybody listening in, like what, what does Austria's landscape look like or their trails, trails look like? Is it a really technical style trail or were you more, a little bit more of groomed Groom trail, like what's the, what should people expect if they ever were to go out to Austria and do some trail running? I guess the first thing I'd say to expect is that it's really steep. Um, and that's like all of the Alps, any Alp town that you go to will be like that. But it, like any of the countries I've been to in the Alps have been the same where you almost can't run flat. Like there's just no flat options. So if you are going, expect that all of your runs will be deep and lots of vert. Yeah, like I'm I out. got almost <laughs> 10,000 feet of vert in 35 miles, oh. which is like a lot for me. I know that's not for some people, but it's just like a short 
amount to get that much. Yeah. Um, so expect to get a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm out. I, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> Unless somebody can transport me up to the top of the mountain, I can just run downhill the entire way. There are lots of gondolas you can ride to the top. I see now 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 I'm now we're talking my language. I've I'm I'm like a bowling ball once I get going downhill. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just put me up the top and let me just run down. So if, if we could do that, then I'm good to go. Yeah. <laughs> you could ride, you can, um, they'll let you take a bike to the top too and ride down. So if you oh. like biking. <laughs> All right. Um, something to consider. I'm, I'm heading over to that part of the world next, next year. So maybe I can get over to that some of those trails and stuff. I'm going to Germany and, or not Germany, I'm going to Ireland and potentially Scotland next year. So that's part of one of the things I want to do is while I'm there is run some of those. Cause I've heard a lot about Scotland too, as far as their landscape as well. I think luckily that's a little more flat. So you might have more runnable trails. There we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, this is the first time that you and I are getting a chance to meet. So I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story behind everything. Um, and it's, it's quite interesting as, as I find out from a lot of trail runners or even runners, you didn't start as a, as a runner either in high school and growing up, right? You were more of a soccer player. So kind of, I'd love to hear the story of, of the transition between soccer and into running, because it, it kind of sounds like from what I've seen is D3, D3 soccer, but then you jumped up into Santa Clara and Utah doing cross country and stuff. So (laughs) that's a huge jump in different sports. Not, not that soccer is, it's a lot of running in soccer, but it's some stop and go. So kind of, kind of give me a brief (laughs) backstory of how you got into everything. Yeah, I guess. Um, so yeah, I played soccer all growing up, all of high school and we played, I have a twin sister too. So we did a lot of other sports as well. And we did a lot of I realized now non-organized sports, like we weren't on mountain bike teams or anything, but like we biked a lot and uh, just for fun. And then, yeah, I played one year of D3 soccer my freshman year and it just wasn't what I was looking for. Yeah, I just kind of was burnt out of soccer and club soccer, I felt like was a lot different in the like high school level than transitioning to college soccer. So I decided to transfer schools and then... I picked Santa Clara because they have a great engineering program. And then the running was kind of an afterthought of just kind of like, oh, I don't want to join a sorority. So I guess like I'll try and join a sports team because I don't know how (laughs) I'm going to make friends. Um, And I like being like active and fit. So I felt like, oh, well, running seems good. I don't know. So I tried that and I think I got in really off of like a title nine. They wanted a guy on the team, but you have to have more women than men for some sports. So they were like, great, we want this guy. So we'll let you on the team. So I didn't even really try out. I had like a 400 and 800 meter time from high school once when my friends bet me and my sister to like do a track (laughs) meet. So that was it. That was all I had um, to convince them. And I, yeah, it was fun. I knew nothing and they were like, more than willing to let me just try and figure it out. And then I had great teammates there too. Initially, they weren't stoked that they had this girl who just like walked on. Just, yeah, nonchalantly <laughs> just comes onto the team without yeah. <laughs> much walked of a onto background. This D1 school, D1 team, and they'd been running since they were like little, working really hard. 
but then they were so nice. Um, they got over it and they like taught me everything. So it was really fun. And it's just been kind of like a wild ride since. <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked that the Santa Clara is a D one school, correct? Are they mm-hmm. D one and in, in track and field and cross country yep. stuff too? So yeah. I'm, a, I'm shocked that, uh, there was just this free, not you know, just here, just like a walk on position, like right away without even any tryouts <laughs> type of thing. It's kind of crazy for a D one. Um, so then where did, cause I know you're, you're also track and field and, and road and everything else. Where does the track and where's the track and field come into? Is that, is that a Santa Clara thing or is that a Utah deal? Um, I ran track it all, all four years. So I ran two years at Santa Clara and then two years at Utah. Okay. What's preferred? What would you, what, what was in college? What was the preferred situation? I liked cross country better. Um, I like the team element. It's really fun to be competing for team points and coming from soccer. That was like a little bit closer to playing on a soccer team compared to track, which is a purely individual event. Um, so I did like the cross country and then I prefer running. This is probably obvious now, but I prefer running like not in circles. Um, <laughs> like if I can see where I'm going, <laughs> I run faster. So I think that was like showing up early too. looking back. <laughs> um, but I did do steeplechase and I think, that was maybe why I stayed in track as, as long as I have, because that kind of breaks it up and it feels like more of an obstacle course race. It's not like a just running race. I have full respect for steeplechasing. That is a, a, a go over hurdle, but then you've got to deal with all the, the, the water pits and all that yeah. stuff. Like it's, it's quite interesting to watch that. And like, like that's one of my favorite track and field sports to watch when the Olympics are on. It's, it's quite, <laughs> It's fun to run too. Just as fun to run. <laughs> <laughs> what they need to do is add that into the trail running aspect. Maybe there are logs and stuff. <laughs> and yeah. True, but I guess depending on uh, where you're at running, that's yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a we have a race up in. So I I do. I'm a race director in both Colorado and San Diego, and one of the areas that that we do our final race of the year. Uh, or the summer is up in the YMCA of the Rockies and Snow Mountain Ranch and Granby up there by Winter Park. And they're notorious for uh, having trees fall down all over the place. So there's this, the last three years has been this stretch of single track on mile, I don't know, because it's a, it, for the half marathon, it's mile five through seven. And for the 50K, it's five through seven. And then, whatever it is, it's, you know, 15 through 17 and so on and so forth, whatever. Yeah. Um, so the two years ago, I think we had like 50 trees fall down over the trail. 50. Oh yeah. Easily without like we were, I lost count at 50 and this was the day before the event. And so we ended up having to go back to, um, the YMCA and grab a couple chainsaws and we had to cut the trees away. And then I, but I kept on thinking like you get to those first two and you're like, you know what? It's only one. It's yeah. fun. And they can go over it and it'd be fun. It'd be fun for them. It'd be a little obstacle course. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden we got to 10 
And then we got to 20 and then it's like, okay. <laughs> so I, I had to tell the runners, I'm like, you know what? I was, I was kind of thinking steeplechase obstacle course type of thing. Cause it had rained. So a lot of them had fallen down because of the wet weather. And so there was puddles out there too. So that goes back to my steeple, <laughs> steeplechase conversation with you, but it's, it's quite interesting. I, uh, like I said, I, I've always loved watching, watching that sport. Uh, in track and field. So do you, cause you competed with the, the Olympic trials team. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that one of the categories that you did for the trials team? Yeah. So the Olympic trials isn't a team. It's just a collection. Like you just qualify to yeah. rate it. Um, so yeah, that's what I did in 2021 because it was delayed. It was supposed to be in 2020. So let's talk about post-college you get done with track and field and cross country what's the transition now um, between getting done with your college career and into now trail running? Um, and where does that start? Cause there's, there's the other added layer of getting onto the mountain trail running team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things that I had um, when I first started this podcast and I've, I've, I've known him for a while, I had David Roche on uh, a while ago mm-hmm. and he kind of explained the, the mountain trail running team and qualification for that. But it, again, it's been since I, since that conversation, it's been a few years. So I, I'm also going to add on top of that layer of, of your transition into trail running is how do you end up qualifying for the mountain trail running team? Is there events that you quali- that qualify for you into that? Or is there actual events that you compete in to actually get on the team? So kind of a, a multi-layer question there for you. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> okay. yeah, I'll start at the beginning. Um, yeah, coming out of college, I ran uh, for NAZ Elite, which is a road and track team mm-hmm. my first year. And so there was no trail running involved. And I think it's hopefully changing a little bit now. That's kind of been part of my um, goal is to change this. But coming out of the NCAA system, trail running is not a traditional path that a lot of people follow and I think if anything it's looked at as kind of like a plan b or d or e even um or it's kind of like oh if even I thought this too it's if you weren't good enough on the track or the road you might try trail running um but looking back I think that's kind of an ignorant point of view but I just didn't know any better and I think Hopefully that's changing now, but it's still pretty prevalent, I would say, in the different disciplines that trail running is like the least um, respectable discipline. Yeah, which really sucks because I think it's it's way harder than than the road running aspect yeah. of it. Like it's <laughs> so I am right there with you on that. <laughs> yeah, I don't agree, but I also think people just don't know. Like I think if all you've known is track and cross country in college and you didn't grow up in a place, I even grew up in a place that has lots of trail running. I just didn't trail run. And so if you don't know and you've never done it, you would think like, well, it only took them like they're running seven minute pace. Like that's so easy. I could do that. (laughs) Or they ran like 15 minute miles. I can do that. Um, But it's a different skill set, And I think people just don't know until you try. So I did a year of road and track stuff and 
at that point I was only had only been running for five years total. Um, so my training age was still really low and I was still, even though I was like a professional trying to figure out what do I even like about running? Like what training do I like? What races do I like? Um, so I kind of realized I didn't like the situation I was in. (laughs) I got that far. So I moved home to Salt Lake and just tried on my birthday. Um, which is end of June, there was a trail race, a Cirque series race. So I was like, oh, that seems fun. And I'm not on a team right now. I don't have a coach telling me I can't do this. So I'm going to try it and loved it. It was so fun. Um, Also one of the hardest things I've ever done because I was not trained for that at all. (laughs) Like my arms hurt and, but it was just so fun. I didn't care that it was so painful. And that was kind of the rest is history. Um, fell in love with it. And then, yeah. So the second question to get on the mountain trail running team, um, we only have like the team is made for events. So like for worlds, you have the team, but now the world is over. We're not really on the team anymore. Like we yeah. don't do anything else. The rest it's kind of, of like the- a, now it's kind of like a requalification aspect. So, yeah. 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 So every time you qualify, it's for one team event and there are races. So this year we had one selection race for the vertical and the mountain distances, but then for the 40K and 80K teams, there were several races just because those races are a little more um, independent and hard to plan for 40K and 80K. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's kind of how you do it. And they'll take like top two to four people from those events to put on the teams and then that's it. So it's a pretty easy process. Um, and then as the, I guess is how many races are out there to qualify for? Depends on the year. Um, okay. This year we had worlds so that was, and there were four teams on worlds, which nice depending on like what discipline. So we had the VK vertical kilometer, classic distance, which was 15K, 40K, and 80K. So you have your pick. And then we'll also have NACAC this year for classic and 40K, which is North American, Caribbean, Central America, something like that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so it's kind of like a mini, like JV worlds, I would say. Okay. Um, Not as many countries and yeah. So the, talk to me about um, the vertical. Okay. Oh, a little man. bit, because <laughs> I, I didn't really know much uh, about it until I kind of started reading a, a little bit um, prior to this conversation. It is, it is less than a, it, correct me if I'm wrong on anything. It's mm-hmm. less than typically less than a 5k. Mm-hmm. Right. And, but it sees up to, about a thousand meters or about 3,200 feet of gain. Yep. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. I mean, I know. That's what I think every time I'm running. I mean, I, I'm like, why? I, yeah. Um, I don't even know how to approach that as a, as training. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I have, I don't know, in the 5Ks that I put on, I have people look at, you know, 200 feet of elevation gain over, over 5k (laughs) or like, wait, what's going on here? This is too, this is too much. So to reel it in and say 3,200 feet of gain in, in three miles is brutal. 
Yeah, it's a lot. It doesn't feel good. <laughs> oh my God. Like what's, what, what races, are there a lot of races here in the States that have a vertical, uh, vertical race? I know Broken Arrow does. Broken I saw that. Does. Uh, the rut does. Okay. Upper walking or not walking boss, but Loon Mountain has upper walking boss. That one is longer distance wise than a VK and I think less gain. Yeah. But it's still all uphill. How, yeah, I think true VKs are hard to come by in the US. I was going to say, I haven't seen much of those at all. And that's probably why I had to kind of educate myself a little bit on, on, on those races. And it doesn't seem like so at, at Worlds, like how many runners are, competing in, in like your regular 40 to 80 K versus like your vertical races. There were more. Got, the, Cause it's gotta be a smaller field. I assume. Yeah. Right? I think it was slightly smaller. I think that in the 40 and 80 K you could also enter six people from each country. And in the shorter races, you could only enter four from each country. So it like automatically cut down the number of participants. Yeah. Um, but I think there was, maybe 150 for the short races for each of them. Wow. Now, do they do, did I see that they, is it, is there an uphill option and a downhill as well in the vertical or no, is it just, is it, do you just race the, the vertical up? Yeah. Just to the top. Cause I could, again, I could be down for the 32 feet, <laughs> the 32 yeah, feet, like 3200 of down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all downhill that would hurt more i think oh 100 percent. next like, day would your, be your knees painful. would just knees and hips yeah. and ankles <laughs> would just be crushed I, <laughs> so what would you what would what is your preferred would you would you rather do something that's a little shorter and steeper or longer and more spread um, out i like, like the what, classic distance the like 15k and it's up and down yeah. um, not just up what is your like what's your what does your training look like for competing in a vertical versus versus your regular classic 15k like how do you how do you have to adjust your your elevation training or your hill training um i don't change anything i think cuz it's basically a vo2 max test so you can't sure. really train for it if you're fit that's kind of all you need um because really it comes down to like your aerobic capacity because you're not actually moving that fast. I think the la my last mile was like 15 minute pace and everyone's hiking at that point because it's like a 45% grade. So yeah, can't biomechanically, nothing's going to break down. So then it's really just how much like heart and lungs do you have? Like what's your engine look like? And yeah, yeah so I think if you... I would just say get as fit as you can, even if that's like, I only do road and track workouts still. No. Um, so just get like fit fast and then should be good. <laughs> How's like, what's the, what's the rules with the vertical kilometer? Are you allowed to use uh, poles and all that stuff? In the world championships, you're not no poles, oh, but wow. other okay. like non-championship events, you can. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was because <laughs> I'm like 45% gray. That's, I mean, I would, it's almost like climbing on your hands and knees, getting up some oh, of those spots. Yeah, I, I felt like that. So I was doing it. 
There's wow. a picture of me bent over and I'm like, my back is parallel to the ground and it's so steep that it's like that. Cause I'm so bent over too. Um, but you just, yeah, you don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, so let's go, let's go backwards here a little bit. So you, you get out of, uh, college athletics, mm-hmm. you try the, the circ race there, um, for your first trail. What was, what was your, what, what year was that that you did your first, your first event there, the circ the circ race. And then fast forwarding, like what's the transition, the time between that and when you qualified for the mountain team, is it's, is that kind of a short time period? Yeah. Right? It was three months, I think. Oh shit. Yeah. Cause I was in June. I did the first race and then qualified in August. Okay. So what and, race did you qualify with? Um, the U S champs that year, it was in Waterville Valley, New Hampshire. Oh yeah. I, I, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know why they pick no, a lot no, no shade on New Hampshire. Clothes. I guess I just didn't, I wouldn't expect a, <laughs> a national championship out, out there. I think that uh, a lot of the people kind of throw fits if the races are at altitude. So we haven't had any like mountain West region championship races because the people coming from sea level don't like that. But it's mountain trail running. (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about this people. Come on. We're we're, (laughs) you're competing in places like Austria with 10,000 feet of gain over a course of (laughs) (laughs) you can't, you can't compete on sea level style mountain trail running here in these States and qualify. Come on, let's change this out. (laughs) You have to say though, like Austria, we started what I would consider sea level. It was like 2000 feet. Um, like the town itself is not at altitude and you climb to maybe 6,000 feet. Yeah. But then in Flagstaff, I live higher than that. Like my house is at 7,000 feet. So we didn't even yeah. get to where my house is. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I guess they do. Like the championship races also have to be below a certain altitude threshold. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um is that the the races have to be at, at a certain threshold worldwide or that's for the United States here or the U S and then for like the world champs, they have to be, I think you have to finish or you top out at 6,000. It can't really be much higher than that. Oh, wow. I would mm-hmm. have thought that I would have thought that that was kind of the midway point for. You would think the 40 K and 80 K go higher, but for the classic distance, the rules say it has to be under that threshold. So what's the, so you classic is the 15 K, which is nine miles. And then you've got your 40 and 80 as those are the other two distances yep. there. And the VK is the fourth one. Yeah. Um, what was, uh, out of all of the spots that you've raced worldwide, what's, what's probably your, your favorite. Oh, people ask me this a lot. It's a really hard question. (laughs) I think think for me, like the people and the food kind of make the place um, that makes it better. So I liked Italy and Argentina a lot because the people were so cool. And then the food is amazing. You can't beat it. Yeah. You know, one of the things, and I, I, unfortunately I've never had a chance to experience an actual international race. Um, but I do know just from talking to other runners and 
photos and seeing everything, you know, reading articles and stuff that it's completely trail running is, is treated completely different in other countries. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about UTMB and, and seeing some of those, you know, visuals through, through the towns and how people are lined up and cheering people on. And it's kind of like what we have for our road races here, Yeah, you know, and that I, I wish that we could find a way in the U S to create that same mentality with it. Right. And I think, I think from anybody that I've talked to that's raced internationally, it's kind of always one of those. Yes. I would race internationally a hundred times over. Um, because, and as you said, it's, it's not just the event, but it's also the atmosphere that's provided the, the people, the, you know, everything else. And it's, I, I, I kind of wish that we could emulate that somehow in our trail races. I do too. Yeah. Especially for, we might be close with like the ultras, like Western States and hard rock. I, I think those are the two best examples for yeah. sure. But I don't think uh, like any sub ultra, we don't have the culture or community mm. like they do in and even in Italy, like they have a full-time mountain running team. I think kind of what you were more thinking of before where like they do train together all year and you're all on the team for like the year and they like yeah. do team stuff together. And that would be so cool to have that here. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's kind of, it, it's funny that you reference, you know, from the mountain team here in the U S where your team is only the one world championship event. It's not something mm-hmm. where you go and compete in multiple events, you know, throughout the year, it's like, Oh, Hey, we've got a, we've got a five event schedule for the, mm-hmm. for the team and either competing in worlds or competing, you know, in the U S here, it's, it is kind of funny to hear that, that we don't have that. And I don't know, maybe that's the, the, the thought of trail running still being kind of the second, the second thought. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it is kind of funny to hear how many people say the same thing like you say is like, Hey, I'm done with, I'm done with running in college or I'm, I'm just going to start running road races. And it's trail running is definitely a, an afterthought of, of some of that stuff. And, and I don't know, maybe with the, in, with the increase of, I don't know. I think the increase of how more Western States does the, the better it gets for the publicity of it, the better, you know, bat, you know, events like bad water or hard rock do, yeah. um, it helps us out. It's just that we're still in that mentality of it's, you know, the, the second, second tier running sport, which, you know, I, I hope to change soon, but um, <laughs> what, the, what's one of the, best experiences that you've had, you know, running, run races. And again, I could go back to anything. You, you say food and, and people and environment is one of those key things that you look, you have experienced during races, but what's, what's one of those key things that I don't know, kind of maybe just keeps you coming back to trail running. I think it's, well, the people are great too. Even like my competitors, we're all, all of us are friends and we go see each other outside of races to hang out and visit and run. Um, so I think like the community in general is really cool and it feels more tight knit at times than like the road running or track community or more intimate, maybe hundred, hundred percent. Yeah. I feel like we're all closer than that. Yeah. And Again, and no like, shade to the road or track. Yeah. community. <laughs> 
I, yeah, no shit. I still do road stuff and I like it, but it's just different. And I think if I was going to pick a group of people to go like camping with, it would be the trail runners. Um, Cause I think we tend to be better or more well-rounded people as well um, with interests outside of just running. And I like that. And I like knowing like other stuff about people I don't know, at least on the elite side of things, the road and track people are very like, this is all we do. We stay in our box. Um, And I like to ski and bike and fish and camp and rock climb, um, all the things outside. So I don't like to be in like one box for too long. (laughs) It is kind of funny. I I don't know. I've had this conversation plenty of times over how huge of a difference there is between road running and trail running, but it's also for the same side of, uh, like road biking versus mountain biking. And even, yeah. uh, your regular form of triathlon, like Ironman versus Xterra. Yeah. Right. It's so crazy that, that the trail community, regardless of those three sports, right. It, it mm-hmm. all kind of funnels back to it, it's an, it's a more inclusive community. Yep. People want to have, you know, like meet other competitors and runners and, and get to know who they are outside of, of the sport itself. And so that, I mean, that's what keeps me coming back and doing trail, trail runs, but um, what's, uh, what's one of the biggest things you've learned about yourself as, as you've gone and done these, done some of these races? Oh man. What haven't I learned about myself? I feel like, yeah, every time you go out, you learn something new, probably the basics though, but like that you're stronger than you think you are and you can do hard things. And that doesn't always mean like running fast either. Like last year I was injured for most of the year. And I would argue that that was harder than like running a hard race, just mentally getting through that. But then you get through it and then you feel like come out the other side, like, Oh, I'm a much better person for that, even though it sucked in the moment. Yeah. Um, and you kind of have to take that away from it. Cause if you don't take something away from being injured, then you're kind of at a loss. So you have to look for the positives, but yeah, I think kind of that. And then that I can be both competitive and kind. Um, I don't think that they're separate sides of one coin. I think you can be like a great competitor and then also be a really kind person. And at the same time, I don't think at least for me, competitiveness is not being like rude to people or not talking to people on the start line or like playing dirty when you're racing. I think you can be both like, yeah. Well, I, I think that to, to that point, I think that's what makes the trail running community who, what it is, right? Like, you have a lot of first time trail runners or mm-hmm. novice trail runners that have, you know, they find out that someone like yourself is at the race and they're lining up next to you and they can sit and have a quick conversation with you without feeling like they're interrupting, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I, I think that's what, well, at least from what I've seen when, when uh, people come, I, I tell uh, going back to, to David, I think David is one of the, the nicest trail runners I've or nicest runners I've ever met in the world. Like I like anytime that he's ever come and done one of my races and, and even Megan too, but anytime David's ever come to one of my races, I he's always chatting it up at the start line with people. Mm-hmm. 
he's cheering people on while he's racing. He's like, if I see him on course, he's always saying thank you to me. I'm like, I'm like, dude, you, the <laughs> and it's like, that's the epitome of, of the mentality of the trail runner. And I think that's kind of cool that, that I, you know, hearing you say that too, it's like, Hey, I, you know, I, I just want to, you know, you want to have fun with it, but you want to be competitive. Right. And it's, yeah. and I think the, that's what brings back the inclusive aspect of it is people who are trying to figure out if they like trail running or not and realize that there's an elite level, you know, athlete at the event and they can have a conversation with that athlete. I think it kind of sets in this comfortability aspect of, of the race and of the community itself. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. You don't find that as much on the track start line. I can tell you that much. Oh, I, I, I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I've done enough road races. I know that I, I can't even imagine what the track mentality actually is when you're, when you're out there. <laughs> yeah. I feel like track is like road race and then you turn the dial up to like times 10 and that's the intensity of a track race. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you try and stick with your, like the classic distances, like the half marathon and below when you're doing your regular running or, and I asked this cause it's, it's quite interesting to me, like where people's mentality is with the longer races, the hundred miles, the 200 miles. So is that something that you've ever considered doing just to kind of uh, test it, test the limits to see where you're at or no? <laughs> no, <laughs> um, maybe in the very, very far future, but I'm not really interested in that right now. And I think I've always said like, you can do both. You can do road races and trail. I think that ends at like a hundred miles because then the training starts to depart so much that yeah. you, there's no way you could run a fast road marathon and be well-suited to run a good hundred mile race. Mm -hmm. um, and I still have so many goals for road racing that and being fast that I'm just like not interested in getting that slow yet, Yeah. Um, but maybe in like 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what do you do as far as when you're, uh, doing setting up your race schedule for the year? Do you, uh, what is the, uh, and even considering track as well, like what, what do you look at as far as setting up your schedule? Is there a percentage of trail races that you need to get to? um, based on everything or is, or it's like, okay, I'm going to split it 50, 50, or I need to mix in some, some track events in there. How, like when you're looking at that, how does that break down usually? Um, I'm super lucky. So all of my sponsors have given me free reign on everything oh, so cool. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Salcony is the best. Um, but it's cool. And I think that's another reason too. Why I think you should, if you want to do all three, you should. And I think that's a cool, it should be looked at as a good thing from a brand side, because you have like a three in one athlete, as opposed to being like, no pick one. Um, Cause then you kind of shoehorn them into something that maybe in the end, isn't the right thing. So super lucky with that. Um, so usually I just pick around like big events. So this year it was, world champs for trail running so that was like okay we plan around that one then mm -hmm. and that meant now most of the year 90 percent of the races are trail this year but then next year there isn't a trail world champs so i would probably guess i would pick more road races 
mm-hmm. and a few less trail races. Um, yeah. So it kind of depends on like what the year looks like for championships. But, okay. So now I'm, I'm curious, is there not a world champs every year? So now they're doing every other year. Well, they are. Mm-hmm. Why, what, schedule now. What's the, what was the decision behind that? If you, if you know, I don't know if you even know that, but. Um, yeah. So they combined last year. It was supposed to happen in 2020 was the first year. It was trail and mountain world championships combined. So okay. all four disciplines, because in the past it had been just a classic race and a 40 K. So there was no 80 K and no VK. And then yeah. they were separate, like totally separate events, different times of the year, different teams. Oh, uh, okay. So, so they, they decided okay. to put it all together. They condensed um, everything to make it a little bit simpler for yep. for the, pretty much comes down for the organizers. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but it's more fun for the athletes too. Cause then like I got to cheer on the ADK team and they Well, hundred percent. I mean, it, it just adds more of the camaraderie of the event and more yeah. people are there and it, it adds more, um, just more overall to the event mm-hmm. to have everything. Okay. So I, 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 I totally get that. Easier so. on team budgets too, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was supposed to happen in 2020, but that got delayed twice. So that's why we didn't have it until last year in 2022 in Thailand. Yeah. And that was, I was still defending champion at that point, like three years yeah, later. Yeah, three years later. <laughs> yeah, because nothing happened. Um, so that was the first one. And then this one was as planned. So now we're on schedule for every two years. So now your next one won't be till 2025. Yes. Okay. Got it. So you've technically been defending champion now for <laughs> <laughs> it'll be it'll be six years by the time. Yeah, too long. I didn't Thailand, so I wasn't defending for eight. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that <is eight> months <laughs> yeah. Um last question, and I'm quite curious with this being that you've raced all over the world again. Like what is you had a ch- a chance to create your own course or your own trail, mm-hmm. what are you, what, what would that ideal course look like? Oh, people would hate me. I would make, let's do it. Let's, let's see what you got. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't mind starting flat. I actually kind of like it. Cause it funnels, it kind of like spreads people out enough. So when you hit single track, it's nice. So I'd have like a pretty flat start. So it's fast, maybe a mile. Um, and then super steep technical up, yeah. super steep technical down, and then like very runnable for like, I guess if we're saying it's like a half marathon, maybe like half of it, like six miles of like screaming on a trail, like really fast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So then it's like all skill sets. Like it wouldn't favor one person. It'd be, you have to be a jack of all trades to be good at it. Yeah. That would be solid. Like that would be, Oh, you're right. I mean, the first mile you'd want to have flat because you want to spread everybody out. Cause once you get to that, that hillside, and that's what I tell people all the time in our races is like, if you're, we've got a hill coming up on mile two, Yep. If you're not not a hill climber, get to the back of the pack right now because you're going to slow everybody down. Uh It's hard to pass. Yeah. (laughs) So, 
Interesting. Yeah. I always, I was kind of always kind of like hearing what people have to say about that. Cause it's it, like you said, everybody's got their own disciplines that they want to stick to, but mm-hmm. I like the fact that you're, I want to, I want everybody to have their own skill set and compete and make it, make it level playing ground, I guess, for, yeah, I want to hit <laughs> one for each skill set and then there see you go. What, what people can do with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe it ends on a track too, like a oh. hundred or a mile on the track. So it's like, it's just a time trial at the end. <laughs> there you go. Well, you see, you have to get from uh, trail to road. You got to get or trail to track. You got to get on the road. So then you've got uh-huh. a little bit of road in between. So there, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little of everything. It'd be the Murphy special. <laughs> hey, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, when I, when I get ready to look into that, I'll, I'll give you a contact okay. and we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll make that up. huh? <laughs> <Perfect>. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Grayson. Thank you so much for joining me and just kind of having the chat today. And it was a pleasure to meet you and, and uh, congratulations once again for, for everything you've accomplished this year already. So thank you so much. Yeah. It's fun to chat. This episode of the Trail Life Podcast was hosted and edited by me, Jeff Stoner. Music was provided by the Poor Dirty Astronauts with lyrics written by Matt Meyer. You can rate, review, and subscribe to this episode and the entire Trail Life Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or anywhere you find your favorite podcast episodes. Thank you again, everyone, and we'll see you out on the trails real soon.